Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. I just want to welcome everybody. May the Lord bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. So today, let's, let's get on to it right now. We're going to deal with a topic, the differentiation. Okay, what actually differentiates us from unbelievers? What sets us apart from unbelievers? We claim to be believers. We know God. But that's not going to be, the, the real subtitle is going to be the main issue. Okay, the real subtitle, I'm going to come to it right now. Because there's a lot of misconception and a lot of misunderstanding of what sets a child of God apart from an unbeliever. I told you of a vision that the Lord showed me when I was in Africa of two people, or two men, there were two men anyway, sitting on a table. And then they were all dressed completely differently. And the Lord told me, said, one of them actually claims to be a child of God, born again. And the other is a child of the devil, unbeliever. He said, could you please pick one? Choose the one who is a child of God. And then he flashed. And showed me their hearts. Their hearts are the same. In darkness and all. But one claimed and running all over the place. I'm born again. I'm born again deceiving himself. So what actually sets us apart from people who are unbelievers? I'm going to be with a topic that came last Thursday. And the Lord said deal with it. I'm going to deal with it. Some of us think that probably the manifestation of what we eat. And what we drink. And what we wear is going to be something that will get us into the kingdom of God. Observation of all those religious dogma and tradition that will never get you anywhere. And the Lord is going to teach us today precisely because that is what. What sets us apart? You see, let's read 2 Corinthians please, 6, 14 to 18. Paul was telling us something, but it's misunderstood. And we're going to get it all cleared up this very afternoon or evening. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 14 to 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Yes. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Mm -hmm. And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Mm -hmm. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. And I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty. Set yourself apart. Separate yourself. Don't touch anything that's unclean. What is Paul talking about? Anything that's unclean? Is he talking about food? Please, uh, let's, let's join me. You know, this is a Bible story. We all share it. Is he talking about food? No. Is he talking about what we're wearing? No. Paul is talking about our what we do. Not what we say or what we wear. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna, we're going to get into it. That's what he's talking about. 
Don't run with them and do the things they do. Because if we do the things they do, then we are one with them in agreement. Amos Threatler said that the two cannot agree. They cannot really work together except they come into an agreement. If I behave like an unbeliever, I'm an unbeliever. Forget about whatever I do and which church I go to and whatever name I want to call myself. I can call myself bishop or whatever or pope. That is irrelevant to God. What is important is what am I doing? That's why he told us in Matthew, if you see Matthew 7, we're not going to read it. Matthew 7, 21 all the way to 23, he said what? He said, not those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter into this kingdom. Not those who say, Lord, Lord. It's only going to be those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. In other words, those things. And the Lord tried to tell us really what actually the will. You know, we had this issue before. And my dear brother was asking, how could anybody know the will of God? Christ even told us there. Christ said one thing. He said, only those who do the will of who? My father. my father will enter into the kingdom of God. But he turned around and told us something. Read me verse 24 to 27, please. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 24 to 27. Yes. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and mm -hmm. does them, yes. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Mm -hmm. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Those who hear the words that I'm speaking, I'm not, I'm not talking about myself. That is why when he told us, he said, you know, in John 8, 47, he said, those who are of God, they hear the word of God. And those who are not, we're not here. He said, those who hear what I'm saying, the word I'm talking about from my father. I came from my father. I am my father one. God has come down from heaven to minister unto us. He said, everything I'm presenting to you is from my father. Those who hear him, they will do the will of my father. Those who don't hear him, they don't do the will of my father. Therefore, anyone who hears him, that's the one actually. So who is that person who hears him? He's the one who does what he says. You know, he, 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 in John 8, he was really admonishing the, Jew, the Jewish people, his people. He said, you don't even hear me. Some might take offense about that. Because even as I'm talking right now, everybody hears me. That is what, what? The artificial flesh <laughs> you're hearing. But it's of no use to you if you don't do it. That's why James said that those, if you are a hearer and not a doer, you are deceiving yourself. You're there sitting down. And you know what? That's what is happening in most churches. I went to church before when most of you went more than myself. I just rarely went. I just went to show off. I thought it was going to do me any good. But what I'm saying in essence is this. Most of us will be sitting in church for many, many years. In fact, we live there. And yet we say we'll be hearing this word every time. But we don't do it. And nothing changes. That means the Spirit of God has not come in. When the Spirit of God comes in, you will hear the Word of God. By hearing it, you will do it. By doing it, you become one with God. So that's what separates us. It's not a question of hearing, but doing. So who is this child of God that's separated from? If you look at John 1, 12 to 13, he said what? Unto those who believe in him, he has given them the power to become the children, the children, the children, the children of God, born of God. And unto those people, 
they will hear no other voice than the voice of the master. That's why every time I keep saying that anyone who preaches, anyone who practices, anyone who encourages any doctrine other than that which is given by Jesus Christ is not of God. Is there, does anybody disagree with me about that? Because if somebody disagrees with Christ, it's an antichrist. So what did Christ come to do? So you have a situation where the spirit of the living God, those who are of God, what suppresses them? The spirit that is in them. Romans 8.14 said what? He said, as many as are laid by my spirit, those are the ones who are my true children. So those, the spirit of God is the light of God. And it tells us that as light, every day we should shine. Otherwise, if that light is dimmed, we are unbelievers. Read me Matthew 5, please. 13 to 14. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 14. You are the salt of the earth, mm -hmm. but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world to shine every time. The light that radiates from the heart. I'm coming right now. The light that radiates from the heart, not one that is artificial on my surface. This light that goes out to radiate unto righteousness, because we are created right now unto righteousness and holiness. Let us all get that clear. Because anyone who is born of God is created now as God unto righteousness and holiness. Read me Ephesians 4.24, please. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. And that you put on the new man, mm -hmm. which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. This new man is now created in true righteousness and holiness. If there's anything radiating out of us that is unrighteousness, then that's not of God. We are doing the work of the world. You see? So this man is now put on Christ, has become Christ, the image of God, transformed into the image of God, and the image of God is holy. It is also light. That's why he told us one thing, he said, well, if anybody thinks he's with me and still walks in darkness, he's deceiving himself. Read me first John, please, one, five to six. You can up to seven, live First John chapter one, from verse five to seven. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you. That God is light, and in him is no darkness, is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So what sets us apart? I'm, I'm bringing so many things on to you. The spirit of God, righteousness and holiness got to be there. No matter how anybody tells you, oh, don't talk about this, it. not supposed to be. There. Oh, yeah. God cannot lie. He said it, he said it. All the way from Genesis. I am holy. You must be holy. Only thing, even during the conference, I said what? That the only thing that God asks of us, he knows we can't do anything without him. We can absolutely do nothing without, without God. He said, all I want is a willing heart. A broken and willing heart. One who is crying unto me for help. He said, I will come and give you a new spirit. Ezekiel 18, I mean 11, 19, 20. I'll give you a new spirit. That new spirit will enable you to do the impossible. 
that no man can do because my spirit is the one that will do it. It is therefore not by might or power, it's by the spirit of God. God said, I will do it because you can't do it on your own. I will give you the transforming spirit that will transform you, that people will see. And that's why, remember the, during the first uh, Samuel, Saul was with who? Saul was with, uh, with Samuel. And the Bible said, when Saul left Samuel, God gave him a new heart. You see, that's God giving a new heart to someone. But then, anyone and any time, whatever we serve, is actually is the one who is the master. And coming right now, whoever we serve, whatever we do, if we do the things of the world, we are of the world. We are not of God. Read me Romans 6, 16, please. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Yes. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, mm -hmm. you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? Do you know, can you tell me where that example was given in the Bible? Some people got angry with Christ because he told them, said, your father is a the devil. They said, what? John 8, 39 what? 39, yeah? 40 to 44. Can you read all of it? You have a lot to read today. John chapter 8 from verse 39 to 44. Mm -hmm. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Yes. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. Mm -hmm. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. That is it. Yes. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? You because you are not able to listen to my word. Mm -hmm. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. This is, this is a full package. Can you see this full package? That whatever we do, that is actually what? The works of the flesh. Then what we are declaring is that God is not our father. Because if God is our father, then this is what will come. And that's what separates us. Good works. Now, let me say it one. Good works. Again, I keep repeating every time. You know, everywhere they tell you, no, it's not about works, it's about grace. We are giving grace for salvation. So that we may be transformed into good works. Oh, they're looking at me. Read me Ephesians 2, please. 8 to 10. Grace leads us into transformation. That's what grace is. Then into good works. Everybody must be judged according to his works. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Mm -hmm. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Why did we say? Go ahead. Why were you say, we saved by grace? Not of works, mm -hmm. lest any one should boast. Go on. For we are his workmanship, mm -hmm. created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are created for good works. That's why he told us in Matthew 5, 16. We are created for good works. That's what separates us from unbelievers. They do one thing, we do another. Anytime you do anything and it's the same thing the unbeliever is doing in behavior, check yourself. Matthew 5, 16. Yes. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father they in heaven. They may see the good works, not your good mouth, not what you're wearing, not what you're eating. Listen to me carefully. That's why we, we seem to misunderstand when Christ came and presented a very vivid picture of his mission to actually destroy the tradition of religion. The dogmatic, uh, you know, you don't move, you can't do anything. Christ came to deliver us from that. And that's why he told us, he said, look, why are you worried about? The time has come. John 4, right, 24. He said, you know the time has come, lady. It is no longer in Jerusalem where you will worship. You know, we, we all sometimes go to pilgrimage, right? Some go to Israel, some go to Rome. You can go. I mean, if I have money, I will go. Just to see the place. But God, wherever you are, he said, look, the true worshippers will come now and worship God in spirit and truth. And say, behold, you can go anywhere you want to go. You can just, whatever you want to wear. Wear all white. Let it cover from your head to the toe. He said, except the kingdom of God is in your heart. Except the kingdom of God is within you. He said, it's of no use to me. You see, it is not what actually is manifested outside. It is what is inside. When that which is inside radiates out, then it will be only good works. He said, go and do the good works of your father. Then when people will perceive those good works, they will then honor your father. They will honor your father. You see, read me Peter, so what Peter, please, 2.12. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. Having your conduct honorable mm -hmm. among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Do you want, do you want vindication? You know, when you are really following the Lord, you go through so much. But pray to God that to give you such a heart that you don't even care what anybody is doing. If you realize one thing, that's only one person to please then you are, you are free. Until you realize there's only one person to please God, you're not free. Do you want me to say that one more time? He said, if you look at 2 Corinthians 3, 17, so well, look, this God is spirit, and where the spirit of God is, there is liberty. As long as I'm still under bondage of what a human being thinks or does, instead of what will please God, I'm still not free. Saul wasn't free. Remember Saul at a certain point, <laughs> someone was asking Saul, why did you do what you did? Saul said, I didn't do anything. I did the right thing. You know, stubborn heart. And someone said, well, the Lord had pronounced judgment against you. Saul turned around and said, you know, what I did, I, I did it because I feared the people. That means that this Paul was still, Saul was still under bondage. He's not at liberty yet. When you are liberty, when the liberty, the freedom, you see, he said, we said, the, the knowledge of the truth shall set you free. And some of us think we are free. But yet, 
What we do, we want to please somebody or do it this way or bend it that way so that you see they will be pleased. But then we are pleasing somebody and we're displeasing God. Remember during the conference, I said, well, it looks like the gift has come before the giver. We can never, you can never have the gift come before the giver. It's not possible that way. God should always take that permanence. So, in how, what sets us apart is that we do what he has asked us to do. Anytime you're running, unbelievers running that way, let's go this way, we're running, you're doing the same thing. Check yourself. You've got to be an unbeliever, otherwise you've got to be separated from that. But then let me ask you this. There's a differential. The greatest differential. Where did I get, you know, I, when, I, when, I, when I talk about this word now, differential, my heart jumps. There's something in mathematics they call differential, right? My goodness. The variables, I said, don't talk about it because I didn't, I'm, I'm not very good in mathematics. Yeah, the, differential, the, the greatest differential. But that's not what I'm talking about. The greatest the, the differential I'm talking about here is not mathematical. I'm talking about... Yes, I'm talking about the difference. That which suppress and keeps people apart. There's a greatest difference here. What, what was that? Hmm? What is the greatest thing that separates us from others? The good works? Oh my goodness, let's just stop right there. I cannot believe this. The second what? Back. What is the second back? Don't worry. What separates us apart from everything? Who says love? Oh, God bless you. Love is the perfect thing. The bond of perfection is it separates us from everything. That's where Christ, hold on. That's where Christ was saying that. That you may be separate and different. By being perfect in love as your father. That's what people will see. You cannot do any good works except you are in love with God and love with others. Everything is just around that. The perfect love. Okay, let's read Matthew 5, please. 43. All the way to 48. Matthew chapter 5, from 43 to 48. Yes. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Mm -hmm. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that, that you may be sons of your Father different. in heaven. Stop right there. That you may be different. Because, you see, in this, no matter whatever happened, do you know where our biggest problem is in life? It's love. If you don't know that. It is the greatest commandment. It is the greatest problem we have. If the Spirit of God is not on us to love as God loves, if I hate my enemy, an unbeliever hates his own enemy, we are the same. I'm just telling you right now. There's no difference. That's why I said that you may be different, the sons of God. So that anybody who sees you will say, this is actually the Son of God because of the spirit of love, compassion that is in him, the spirit of God. Because why? We must live love. We must live love because as gods unto this earth. Because those who are born of God have become the spirit of the living God. They are one with God. That means they are gods. If they are gods, they are love because God is love. That's, that's the greatest. And that's why, I see, do you want to finish it? Did I, did I cut you off? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on mm -hmm. the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? 
Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Mm -hmm. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? I wonder. Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. You see, the same time I was saying, if I'm saying I'm different from this one who doesn't know God, and we're operating the same way of love, we're not different. He said, do this so that people can see the difference that is there. No, no wonder Paul called it, he said what? The extra, I should, everything you want in this world. Remember when we dealt with what? Spiritual gift. I keep telling you guys, you guys worry about so much of a spiritual gift. You go ahead and have it. If God gives it to me, so wonderful. But God, almighty God, give me the fruits of the spirit. That which nobody can take away, that nobody can find any fault. And I can show you where the fruit of the spirit actually, with the spirit of truth, there's no law. There is no condemnation. But you see, even with the gift of the Holy Spirit, oh no, it can be abused. Anything can come from me. Paul came and said, well, you want all this, this is wonderful, but I'm going to show you that which is excellent. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, please. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. Mm -hmm. But earnestly desire the best gifts. Yes. And yet, I show you a more excellent way. I show you the more excellent way. Then if you read it down to... Chapter 13, start telling you about love. That's the excellent one. Read me that. This in chapter 13, verse 13, please. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love because God is the greatest and God is love. So when you look at it, that's what separates us so much. And that's why we fell. That's where we declare sometimes and declare to the world and radiate that we are unbelievers. Because if we do not even follow the way God says for us for love, we got a problem. Because we're operating as that. But let's leave that right now and look at the outward and the inward manifestation. And we're going to come to other things like wearing this or eating this. We're going to get to it right now if we have time, hopefully. Everything you do where God is looking and judging is your heart. Whatever you do, please examine your heart. What I'm doing right now, in all sincerity and godly conscience, am I actually pleasing God in what I'm doing? If Christ got it, Christ was telling us one thing. You know, the only reason why my father stayed with me and never left me was because I did what pleased him not once, but always, John 8, 29, that's exactly, you don't have to read it. I did what pleased him always. And you know one thing, in John 14, 31, he said, this is the only way that the word, without my speaking a word, the word will know I belong to my father. What? What, people? Love? Read me 14, 31. Because I always obeyed whatever my father told me to do. That's exactly what he's saying. This is the way people will see it. If I then disobey my father, I am obeying something or someone else. So the heart of a human being, the heart of man always search it, always examine, always quicken, say, Lord, what I'm doing, because he watches your heart. If you look at exactly, oh, let's say Matthew 5. If you want to read all the way 3 to 11, tell me every point, every beatitude. Do we call them eight beatitudes? I think that's what we call them, right? Okay, each one of them that's presented there 
has to do with the heart. Tell me somewhere else you can. That's where it is. Read that, please. Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 11. Blessed are the poor in spirit, mm -hmm. for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Where is the poor in spirit? In their heart. God bless you. Go ahead, yeah. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Mm -hmm. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit Everything the earth. Everything is the heart. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Mm -hmm. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be the called sons of God. Yes. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and mm -hmm. persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so the persecuted the prophets who were before you. Every single thing that is Christ stated there has to do with the heart of the person. When the heart is not clean, every other thing we are doing is in vain. You must search your heart in whatever you do. This thing I'm doing, the heart will even, the conscience of God, the Spirit of God will tell you, that what they are doing is not right. But sometimes we ignore that very quiet, silent voice because it's not so harsh. And we say, okay, forget about you. Get away from me. He said, okay, you're on your own then. You go ahead and we'll see what will happen. That's what he told us in, what, in Proverbs 4, 23, right? Proverbs 4, 23. Mm -hmm. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Out of your heart. Every issue of life is in your heart. Out of it is in your heart. Check it out every time. Take the battery and see what your heart is telling you about whatever you want to do or you have done. Out of the heart comes that. But that's the inward person, the inward spirit that is there. No matter how you are persecuted, no matter how what anybody does to you, if inside you with good conscience and God is seeing it and says, oh, I know him. I can see his heart. Then you are blessed. That's why he told us, he said, whatever you do, and we're going to, he said, we are shifting right now to wear this or don't wear this or eat this or don't eat this. Whatever you do, he tells us, he said, look, when Christ came, it was so clear about the heart issue and circumcision. In those circumcision, the way Abraham and everybody got it right, yeah, was circumcised, yeah, what? Foreskin. When you are born, circumcise. You can circumcise anything you want to circumcise right now. That will not take you to the kingdom of God. And when Christ came, that's why he told us. The kingdom of God is now being preached. It's righteousness and holiness. Follow it. That's how God is. That's how your father is. Because that's how your father is. He wants you to be that way. And if you are that way, you will surely see him. And he told us, look, go ahead and circumcise your heart. Right? Or oh, where that is? Deuteronomy, right? 10, 16. Deuteronomy 10, 16. Yes. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart mm -hmm. and be stiff-necked no longer. Circumcise the, the foreskin now. Don't worry about that physical manifestation that you do, like the Pharisees. Let's do this in outwardly that you can be seen. The inner one, 
do it. That's what I'm going to see. Second side that one. And he told us in Romans 2, right? 28, 30. 28, 29 only, please. Romans 2, 28. For he is not a Jew who mm -hmm. is one outwardly. Yes. Nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. Nor circumcision is that which is outward in the flesh. Did you read 29? No, I said 29. 29. Right? Yeah. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit, not in the letter. Whose praise is not from men, but from God. You see, the circumcision is in the heart. Inwardly. Where God dwells. Why is that important to you? Without even going through so many scriptures right now. The heart is the dwelling place of God. He said a broken heart, Psalm 51, 17, a contrite spirit. That broken heart when it's crying, I will never forsake that heart. I will seek for it. That's where I dwell. I don't dwell in, in a house built by hand, but in him who is broken, who is hungry for me. That's where I will dwell. So God wants that place perfect, otherwise he will not live there. God is not an unclean spirit. He's a good, clean spirit. He can only live in a holy place. He said, I dwell what? I dwell in a lofty and holy place. That I have built by myself. And that's the person. And when I see that person, I say, I'll come in. And I dwell there. So that's why he's saying, look. Sanctify your heart. Sanctification. Remember we had somebody who made a case about his heart, right? The integrity of my heart. What is Genesis 25, right? Yeah, Genesis 25. We're not going to read it. You don't have to read it. You can read it later on. I mean, the king of Abimelech said, well, Lord, what did I do? Search this poor heart. Abraham came to me and said, Sarah was a sister. And based on what Abraham told me, I took the woman. And then you came in the night and telling me that I'm a dead man. Lord, would you kill an innocent person? And God said, I saw your heart. And that's what mattered to me. I don't care what they're, what they're talking about. Because you see, I can confront someone now and the person will tell me blah, 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 blah. But God is God. He sees more than that, no matter whatever we're doing. So he saw the integrity of the heart of this king. and said, because I saw it, the king, I restrained you even from offending me. I went and fought for you and was able to take care of it for you. So the heart of the mother is where the bleeding comes from. Sanctify that, wash it. When God is saying wash, and I'm going to come right now, Let's say, for instance, how about garments? We deal with garments. I know, I know that. With, let's see how, how far we can go. Continue. How about garments? We're going to deal with only two items I'm going to deal with right now. How about garments? You know, that's something I want everybody to understand. Whatever you hear that comes out of my mouth in this place is something I pray the Lord said, this is what you're going to do and this is what you're going to say. I'm telling you right now. Because I'm not doing it to please you. What of garment? The things we wear. Some people just, in fact, last Thursday we, we brought that up. Thank God for the pastor that brought it up. It's good for it to be clear. God, the Lord said, treat that. I want you to deal with it. I thank you for that because during the time of Christ, it was through questions and you would throw questions and the Lord would come and, and explain it to everyone. There's something I want everybody right now to stop jesting. The Pharisees did it, jesting the abstract. 
rather than the substantive matters. The abstract will never get you into the kingdom of God. I am telling you right now. And when Christ came, he tried to clear some matters about food. Paul also, we're going to go to Paul also. Paul came and tried to clear, said, look, all this tradition, don't do this, don't do that. This one, that one, this one, that one. None of them had anything to do with the heart. What God is looking is the heart. Not what you are where I'm coming right now. You will see it clearly. Spiritual reference. Any spiritual reference God has given to garment has to do with the heart. God has no business with garment. I'm coming. You will see it. Exodus 19, please. 10 to 11. God told Moses to do something. When God says, clean your garment, clean your clothes, wash your clothes, God is talking about iniquity. Listen to me. He's talking about iniquity. Because if I go and wash my clothes one million times, and still my heart is full of iniquity, I go nowhere. Are you, are you following what I'm talking about? Read it, please. Let's go. Exodus 19, 10 and 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, mm -hmm. and let them wash their clothes, and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Uh -huh. Now, go and tell the people to wash their clothes. And for three days to prepare yourself. What was God telling Moses? Come on. What was God telling Moses? To what? To satisfy them. God bless you. It's the same thing we did when we started the conference. Remember the first day? We say many ways. Change. Without a complete change, a transformation, a repentance, without complete repentance, I'm willing for God. God said, I will not come in. I will not come in. If I see any iniquity, I will not hear. Because I'm God. I cannot be associated with evil. He told Moses, go and prepare your people. Concentrate them. Get them ready for me because I'll be coming. Because I'm holy. Let those who have done evil, let them just repent. And I'll come in and treat them. Read me Isaiah, please. 1, 16. We're going to deal with when God makes reference about garments. We'll see all seed and we'll get into. Isaiah 1, 16. Mm -hmm. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. So how do you wash yourself? <laughs> what? <laughs> Look, please, this God, that's why Christ was saying, look, quit looking at things that will never get you anywhere. He said, look at the kingdom of God. Those things that you do, that actually will earn you entrance into the kingdom. Now, let's look at Lazarus. Lazarus, right there. That's Lazarus and the rich man. You know, Lazarus was, I don't even know how Lazarus dressed. Maybe he was almost barely dressed, right? And the rich man was so sorts with all sorts of wonderful clothing and so on. In the end, what was God looking for? The heart. Please, everybody listen to me. I'm telling you right now. The heart. Not just in his touching. What was the heart when the person passed away? And he gave us some examples we're going to see right now. In the heart. Not the clothes. In fact, Joel... Got it all perfectly right. Give me Joel 2, please. 
12 to 13. Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 13. Now therefore, says the Lord, mm -hmm. turn to me with all your heart. Now turn to me with all your heart. Go ahead, yes. With fasting, with mm -hmm. weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Please don't tear off this shirt. I can tear 100 shirts and say, Lord, I can't believe what I did. Oh. God said, what are you wasting all this for? He told us not even to do this. He said, rend your heart. I don't want to worry about you and your clothes. What you are rending there. You see? If you rend your heart, I will remove the field. And he comes to you when you're talking about rending the heart. Then he goes to, he told us, look at Zechariah 3, please. 1 to 4. We all know that everybody will have read that before, yes? Zechariah 3, 1 to 4. Yes. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, mm -hmm. standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Mm -hmm. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, filthy garments. and was standing before the angel. Yes. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Remember when we were... Okay, this God. Thank you very much, Lord. Remember when we were dealing with this Joshua, the high priest? The first question when we did a long time ago was that, what was God referring to when he was talking about filthy garments? Everybody was just saying, uh, in fact, there was one church I went and they told me that maybe he was wearing all sorts of dirty clothes. But to see God saying there, he's not talking about what Joshua was outwardly wearing. The devil was resisting Joshua because Joshua's heart was what? Was filthy. And you know what God said? He said, I have removed the iniquity. And then to tell us exactly what that iniquity is, what is referring to iniquity as clothes? He said, I have clothed you with what? New robe. He comes back again to maybe cloth. You think it's cloth. New robe. That you have now a new heart. Go into it. And that's why he cautioned Peter. Peter, don't tell me that whatever I have made clean, the time has come right now. I tell you to eat. You are telling me you cannot eat it. Ask for Apostle 10.15, please. Acts 10, 15. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call unclean. What God has cleansed, you must not call unclean. Now, garment and the wearing of garment. Circumcision outwardly. And no circumcision outwardly does not profit anybody. Let me put it across to you right now. And this is all to reflect. You go and dig it. That's why I'm going to show you where Christ himself was challenging the same situation. That a woman is wearing a man's trousers, uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it. For the purpose of argument, let me put it this way. I'm not arguing because I used to argue when I was a lawyer. There used to be something where they said, it said, uh, uh, assuming agundo. Assuming for the purpose of argument only. 
What is a woman's clothes and what is a man's clothes? Now, let me put it this way. Wearing, our people say, this was raised, and I thank, I thank God for that. You are wearing long pants for a woman or whatever. You go to a departmental store, you buy a woman's long pants. Is that man? But that's not even the issue. Clothing will never get you into the kingdom of God. It's relevant as far as God is concerned. Let me tell you, except from your own heart, you have manufactured evil in the heart. What is manufacturing evil? Maybe I'm wearing it with the intention or intentionally and knowingly. I want to seduce. I want to do something. Whether it's a man or a woman, whatever it is, have gone contrary to the will of God. But that I'm wearing something in good conscience, and that's what will get me into the kingdom of God or not? No, please stop it right now. That's why he told the Jews, the, the, you know the Pharisees, the Pharisees were hammering him. Did you know when they hammered him about the Sabbath? They said, you and the Sabbath. He said, is the Sabbath not made for man? They couldn't understand it. They hammered him concerning the cornfield. Your servants were eating corn along the distance. He said, look, you don't understand. And they turned around looking for another excuse. They said, you know, we found you eating with unwashed hand. And Christ said, my goodness. What does unwashed hand got to do with the kingdom of God? It has nothing to do with it. You are looking at abstract. You Pharisees, you look at the outward manifestation. But inside, you don't see it. Because you know one thing? You are more concerned about things that are irrelevant. Read me Matthew, please, 23, 25 to 28. Matthew 23, 25 to 28. Yes. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Mm -hmm. Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Where does God want the cleanness to come from? Inside the cup. Inside the cup. What happens outside? Let me tell you one thing. This my flesh right now may be rotten with all sorts of diseases and so on. It makes no difference to God. He cares because maybe I'm suffering. But the kingdom of God to God, this flesh may rotten or whatever I want to do may be gone. But as long as my heart is well with him, God is more pleased. God does not look at something perish just based on the outward manifestation. Now, that is why Paul was telling us, and I'm going to come and answer one question that's all the way in Exodus. All right? If we have time. Paul said one thing, and Christ would say the same thing. They were bothering Christ about all the traditions of religion, all the traditions of their own religion. And I don't even know James got it right. We don't have, maybe we need to just have more time to really go to, we're going to, we're going to, yes. Because James in James 1 27 says what? He said, Look, what are you bought in? The pure religion is not shouting. 
Oh, you say, read it. Oh, yeah. Then, James 1.27. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. Yes. To visit orphans and widows in their trouble mm -hmm. and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Now, what was James talking about? I dealt with it the first minute when I started. What was James talking about? Good works. Love. Good works and love. And that's why he told us in what? In Isaiah 58, 1 to 8. He said, you read it. Go ahead and read it. Go ahead. Isaiah 58, 1 to 8. Mm -hmm. Cry aloud, spare not. Mm -hmm. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression. Now and this the, sin. Tell my people their transgression, yes? And the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. Mm -hmm. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice. They take delight in approaching God. Why have we fasted, they say? And you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the days of in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate, and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day, to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, mm -hmm. to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and you hide your, you, you, and not hide yourselves from your flesh? Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Mm -hmm. Your healing shall spring forth Let's stop right speedily. There. Thank you very much. People can, can read it. He said, when you do the good things I ask you to do, not what you say, not all the fasting you do, not what you are wearing. When you do all that, not what you are eating. Uh, we'll have time to deal with it. Even then, remember, if you go all the way to <laughs> Exodus, you can see where the Lord is saying. In fact, this is in Deuteronomy. He said, don't eat these things. Don't eat these things. Don't eat those things. Just don't eat those things. Right? That's what the scripture is saying. We see what Paul said. And I can understand. I was praying to the Lord. It's not what I put in my mouth. Most of the things even the Lord is telling us to do is actually so that we can be healthy. I'm telling you right now. But he said, whoever eats them with thanksgiving, whoever eats them on this thing, that's why he told Peter, don't call anything unclean. I'm the one who satisfied whatever I want to satisfy. But he told us right here, I said, look, this is what is fasting that I'm talking to you. Concentrate on the meat. Not the appetizer, right? The, Concentrate on the meat of the mother, the head of the mother. Get it forth. Seek forth the kingdom and get it. It will be well in that situation. You see, that's when they confronted Christ. Christ said, look, it is not what I'm putting in my mouth. That which is inside that comes out. That's where the problem is. 
if you read it, you go to Matthew 15, verse 11, if you have time. Read also Matthew 15, 18 to 20 tells you, not that we defile. And Paul then told us, we're going to close it now. He said, every time, don't do this or don't do that. Don't. Say, all those things are only temporal things that you use that will perish. Seek that which is imperi what? Imperishable. Read me Colossians, please. 2, 16 to 22. That is a lot to read, sorry. Colossians chapter 2, from verse 16 to 22. Mm -hmm. So let no one judge you in food or in drink. Please listen. Or regarding a festival, or a new moon, or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come. They are shadows of things to come, yes. But the substance is of Christ. The substance is him. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, Intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, mm -hmm. and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you are dead with Christ from the basic principles of the world, mm -hmm. why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not question, please. Yes. Do not touch. Do not taste. Do not taste. Do not handle. Which all concerns things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. If I put on clothes right now, or whatever I may be, one, 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 I put it on a pan. After using it, you know, sometimes I go to the store, you see this nice, beautiful clothes or pan. You say, I want to have it. You wear it now. Maybe in the next six months, it's obsolete. It's perish. It's perish. God is saying, just that one that is imperishable. And he tells us, you know how to get it? And when you get it, there is no law. There is nothing, any, no condemnation or law. Read me, please, Galatians 5, 22 to 33. He said, against all this, I'm listening to you now, there is no law. Galatians chapter 5 from verse 22 to 33. 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, mm -hmm. joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit are really with those who are led by who? The and that's why he told us what in Romans 8.1. He said what? There is therefore no more condemnation. Unto those in Christ, not those in Christ, I don't care, whatever, not those who claim to be in Christ, but those who are in Christ. Who, who actually are led by his spirit and they walk according to the spirit. There's no condemnation unto them. There is no law. If you can follow what the fruit of the spirit of the living God, once you have it, there is nothing that can come close to it. Now the question may come, which I may answer, I'm not going to be able to deal with it very well right now. What of, okay, in this, the Old Testament, it said that a woman should not put on a man's distance, otherwise it's an abomination. And I was praying to the Lord, and the Lord said, look, this is what I'm, and I will explain it. So we hold that. What the Lord is talking about, even from what Christ is talking about, Paul is talking about right here, is not the outward wearing of manifestation of clothes. It has nothing to do with God. I would rather be naked and get into the kingdom of God than wearing something and don't go anywhere. 
It's not what God is looking. The heart going through. So, a man or woman should not wear what actually belongs to the other one, the other side. Not clothes. Please, get to. The Lord said, it's not clothes I'm talking about. That kind of behavior, the tendencies, which is happening even in America right now. You got a situation where everybody just says, okay, it's okay, it's fine. I can turn and behave and be a woman or a man if I like. That's what God has been hammering. He says, abomination to him all along. A man or woman, I should never begin to act like a man or begin to take that role, the tendency of being whatever you talk about right now, homosexual, whatever the situation may be. That God said, no, I don't like it because you know one thing, that's an immorality. That is from the heart. That's a decay of the heart, not a decay of clothes. This is exactly what he revealed to me this morning. Take it or leave it. Worry about all those abstract this and that. That's why I said, my brother, pastor, was so God bless you. But when God opens our eyes, we see the truth. God said, I'm not, I'm talking about those things that offend me. You put on clothes, you are going, that doesn't offend me. But what offends me is that what is happening in your heart. If your heart is corrupt, then anyone who crosses that role, which I have put, which is called to be unnatural and immoral, he said, look, I don't like it. A man or woman should never do it either way. But not at what close. I will end here, but this is not the end of this very topic because there's other things, the caveat warning he gave us and other, other situations. But I'm supposed to go down to, uh, to 8.30 and I stop 8.30. So don't look at me as if I'm guilty. <laughs> May the Lord bless everyone and keep you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.